Thank you, Matt. Episode 100 of the Speaking it's of time Speaking for Podcast. Speaking we are so speaking. excited and Quick we tips are and tools celebrating. To take First off, I want to say thank you for all of your support this for the last gives you an inside episodes. Look from the world of public speaking. Today and moving forward will be no exception. Now, one of the things that shifted for me since starting the Speaking Podcast, number one is, even though I'm still doing speaking and speaker training, a lot of the focus in recent months, actually the last couple of years, has been helping people get on virtual platforms, mainly in the podcasting space, but certainly there have been others as well who are looking to do more you know, more video series or get on summits and things like that. So that has shifted, but it hasn't shifted our focus for this podcast, that's for sure. We still want to make sure that when we come to people on this podcast that we are sharing with people the ins and outs of communication. Now, sometimes that gets stretched a little bit. I know with some of the past episodes, We've talked about communication in specific genres or in industries where it's still public speaking, it's still language, and it's still, it still is how we're communicating our messaging. That's the key thing. So it's not just tips and tricks on how to be a better speaker. It's really the messaging as well and everything that goes into that. So thank you so much for being along for the journey. We really appreciate that. I did want to take this opportunity to mention as well that we will be starting another podcast very shortly, and it will be a podcast all about podcasting. So if you're ready to take your speaking to a podcasting platform, we'll start putting that information in the show notes and you'll be able to check that out as well. We're aiming to launch the recording of this podcast, by the way, is August of uh, 2022. So we're looking to launch the new podcast in September of 2022. So in the next five or six weeks. So look forward to that. Lots of information still to come about that. On to today's episode. Now, this is a guy that we met up with last year and we thought for our 100th episode, we do a check-in with him and see how things were going. This is actually an interview that we did in the Podcast Alliance Made Simple guest and host collaboration group. And let's take a listen and get the update from Amit Kukrija on Audia.io. I was going to do this talk myself because we had some discussion in this group in April. What's this Audia.io thing? And I thought, wait a minute. I know someone that knows firsthand, first foot, first everything about the platform. And I had a chance to interview Emma Kakrija back in the fall. Now, I first heard about the platform back in, I guess it was late April, which I think is around the time it launched. And I didn't know what it was. And if you're an existing podcaster, you probably notice you get information all the time, not only to be guests on people's shows, but also people want to be guests on your show. But then also there's check out this platform, check this out, host your show here. So I got this email from this guy named Amit, watched the video, scratched my head and said, I don't know what this is about, and sort of filed it away. And then I believe it was Catherine, who's with us today, who said, yeah, I got this email from this guy and about this platform. And I'm like, oh, okay. So other people were starting to get it, was certainly worthy of another look. And when I took a look at the platform and Catherine and I looked at it, I believe together, and we said, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. And then I got a follow-up email, I believe, saying, hey, here's some great stuff that's going on with Audia. And I believe it was June, there was a huge update about what had went on the platform. So this is almost a year ago. And I know that Emmett will be sharing more about what the platform is about, the updates as well. But Certainly a guy who's, from my perspective, having been on the platform now for eight months, certainly is looking to revolutionize how we not only consume, but how we house and what we do with audio. So please put your hands together for Amit Kakrija. 
Oh, that's great, Carl. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. I want to take this time to just explain what Audia is, but more importantly, besides the platform itself, I really do want to talk about sort of the gap in the market space that I see for audio and why I think we have the potential to maybe do something meaningful with this gap that I think exists. So the first thing I want to start off with is all of us are content creators at the end of the day, whether we're consultants, coaches, whatever we want to do, we need other people to see our content in order for us to drive business. A lot of us are doing this out of passion. A lot of us are doing this out of the fact that, you know, it's a hobby. We really want to get something out of it. But also, you know, if we all had a million people listening to our podcast every week, it would fundamentally change our lives. If we had a hundred thousand people, if we had a couple thousand people, it would fundamentally change the direction of our businesses, trajectories of our livelihoods, et cetera. So the question to me is more philosophical than it is technical, which is, If you're posting on a platform or if you're using a platform to engage with the world, given 4 billion people exist on uh, distributed democratized platforms that exist on the internet, is the platform accelerating the potential for you to get discovered? Because discovery is all that matters. If your podcast gets listened to, people might want to sign up for a consulting session. If your YouTube video gets more views, you might potentially be able to make money from YouTube because they give 55% of advertising revenue to creators. So the biggest creators of our time in the past five, 10 years have figured out how to skillfully engage with platforms at scale. And as a result of them being able to figure out how to work with platforms, they've been able to build businesses on top of that. Podcasting is a different medium though, because podcasting has been syndicated, as I'm sure all of you guys know, through RSS feeds, which inherently are not platform-based. They're audio feeds that are decentralized. Some of you may use Buzzsprout or Anchor or Libsyn or some of these legacy companies that exist where you either pay them a monthly fee or maybe they do it for free and you give them your audio file and they take that audio file and then they distribute it across all the hosting platforms that exist. Now there's trillions of hosting platforms. That's why Carl mentioned that you guys get a bunch of emails to host your podcast on this, this, and this app. But Spotify and Apple are the only ones that really matter at the end of the day. I mean, most of the content that people are listening to at the end of the day are those platforms. The reason we started Audio was because I didn't see an audio platform that existed. I saw RSS feeds that are hooked to audio, I guess you can call them distributors or hosting sites like Spotify and Apple. What I mean by that is very nuanced. What I mean is when you upload a video to YouTube, you upload it to YouTube or you upload a picture to Instagram or a post on LinkedIn, you upload it to that website. Podcasting, you don't upload to Spotify. You don't upload to Apple. You upload to an RSS feed and the RSS feed takes your audio and it distributes it on Spotify, Apple, et cetera. I think that's a horrible way to do content discovery. And the reason that's a horrible way to do content discovery is because for a platform to actually get your content in front of people, it needs to be able to have proprietary data on that content. And what that means is YouTube can really recommend your video in front of a lot of people if they know everything about what your video is trying to do. So if you make a video about how to save on your taxes in 2022, YouTube has a lot of people that probably care about tax advice and financial independence and all of this stuff. So they have the audience that's willing to click on that video and consume it. But the problem is they need your content and the data around it to feed their algorithms to be able to showcase that content which is why YouTube gets 2 billion people coming back per month. It is this behemoth of content that anyone can go to find anything on. Functionally a search engine for you to find the content. I don't think that exists for audio. Spotify, Apple, et cetera, they are not getting your content in one place. They are sourcing it from an RSS feed. And what happens when you source things from an RSS feed is you don't actually have proprietary data on the content because the same podcast you have on Spotify is the same one on Apple. And secondarily, there isn't really a way to distribute it because the content that's being uploaded is not search friendly, meaning a tax accountant is not going to you know, upload five ways to save on your taxes in 2022 through an RSS feed. They're going to usually distribute a more longer form piece of audio content because that's the nature of how that audio content is distributed, which means the mechanism 
by which the platform actually puts in front of someone's face when they're scrolling in a home feed, five ways to save on your taxes in 2022 to get someone else across the world to actually click on that piece of content, I don't think exists on the current platforms of today. The second thing is that there's a really big issue in the current audio space because something like a Spotify, and again, I think they're an amazing company, but they spent $700 million on buying exclusive audio content. In fact, today I loaded up the Spotify app And what I got was a new Batman DC podcast right on the home feed. I was just looking at it right now. And it's so interesting to me because I'm like, well, there's millions of people. I know this for a fact. If you just type in Batman on a podcast, like that talk about Batman, that talk about DC, that talk about comics, and they're good content. It's interesting stuff. But Spotify is showing me on the homepage a Spotify exclusive Batman original podcast. And it's like, okay, so what's going on right here? There's millions of podcasters like all of us that are trying to communicate with the world. And the home feed, the precious home feed of Spotify that is filled with 480 million monthly active users are getting fed a Spotify original. And again, it's Spotify's platform. They can do whatever they want. But the problem with this is that it is at odds with creator discovery. It is almost as if a lot of these major podcast platforms are becoming Netflix of podcast styles of business, where you're going to acquire Joe Rogan, you're going to acquire Caller Daddy, you're going to you know buy these really big heavy names of podcasts, and then you're going to stuff it down people's throat, which you have to do because you've got to get a return on your investment off of that $100 million you spent on podcasts, which means... For me, for Catherine, for Carl, for anyone to pop up in the home feed, it's not only competitive, it's almost non-existent because the business incentive that exists on the major distributors of audio, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, are not incentivized to show random people from across the world in the home feed. They are incentivized to show what they can sell ads against and the stuff they sell ads against is primarily the content that they purchase. And they have to do this because you know they're a public company. So public shareholders require them showing that it was worth spending $700 million on exclusive audio content, which means I think at that point, there's a gap in the market space. And that gap to me is that if you're a poet, a comedian, a consultant, a coach, an expert, a musician, a podcaster, if there was a platform where you could just upload an audio idea or an audio in which you have your thumbnail, title, description tagged, you really fill up that piece of content with a lot of data. And it goes into a centralized database where now the platform can algorithmically curate that content to people that might be interested in clicking on that content. To me, it can fundamentally change the game. Because there's millions and millions of audio creators that aren't getting any discovery or distribution on the major podcast apps. And we know this because if you're in the podcasting world, you know that discovery sucks, right? Like, you know that these platforms aren't where you get discovered. You build a Twitter audience, you build a LinkedIn audience, you build an Instagram audience, and then you tweet your link or, you know, you put on LinkedIn, hey, here's my new podcast, check it out. And again, the problem is those platforms, they're not really optimized for that. On LinkedIn, people aren't really looking to go click some Spotify link and then go to somewhere else. Or on Twitter, they're looking to find memes. They're not looking to find this true crime podcast randomly in their feed and then they go listen to it. It works. It's not like it doesn't work. The problem is, is the platform native to the piece of content you're distributing? And audio is not a piece of content or a podcast is not native to any of those platforms. So it requires you building an audience that actually cares about you on those platforms to then drive traffic to an audio platform. To me, if we flip that, and we have an audio platform where people are actively searching and scrolling for audio content, and we and our algorithms are recommending audio content in a meaningful way, then that means we can control the supply and demand of attention for how people get discovered in a platform. And then I think that could actually be big. The key thing here as well that's important to understand is how content discovery happens. It's actually really simple. Like it literally just happens when people are scrolling through their feed. So I have 12,000 subscribers on YouTube. In November, I had zero. And the only reason I got 12,000 people that care about me in the past couple of months is because YouTube took my content and they showed it to people on their feed. 
And my thumbnail title was interesting enough to get people to click and a certain percentage of those people subscribe to the channel. And now, you know, there's a vibrant YouTube audience that actually cares about the stuff I have to say. I would not have one iota of the attention I have right now on YouTube if I did that through Spotify. If I was like, okay, I'm exclusively taking my videos, I'm turning them into audio format because that's all they are. I'm just talking in my videos anyway. It's not like intense editing. And then I just put it on Spotify. I can guarantee with my life and soul, I would not have 12,000 people in the world that actually care about me because it's very simple to know why. If the platform's not putting you in front of at least a couple million people, because you know the percentages of people who subscribe are very low, so 12,000 out of millions that have actually seen those thumbnails and titles on their feed. If Spotify's not doing that, if Apple's not doing that, if Amazon's not doing that, if any audio platform, any platform is not doing that for me, then I'm irrelevant. I'm dead. Unless I have money to pay for advertisements to get into their home feeds, I'm dead. Unless I have a platform that can actually algorithmically recommend me, I'm also dead. So the question of relevancy and the question of being discovered and the question of actually building an audience that can scale and that can care about you, it's not just about community. It's not just about culture. It's not just about making good content. I think those things matter. I mean, it's what gets people to stay. But at its core, it's are you showing up when someone is scrolling on a platform? And if you're not, you have to do an exponentially more amount of work to get people to see you. So the goal of Audia is functionally to become a YouTube of audio. If we can get people to get discovered on the home feed and our algorithms can actually curate the content without using RSS feeds, but allowing people to upload it directly to us, and then for us to algorithmically get that into people that want to see that content, then I think there's a potential for it to become pretty big. And that's kind of the nature of the platform in and of itself. Any questions for anyone? I have a couple of questions, Amit, that I want to throw out there. And then I want to open it up to the floor for questions and any discussion as well. Because the way you've described it, if I'm hearing you correctly, is YouTube is basically, when you think about, I need a tutorial video on how to bake a cake. We just don't go to the Betty Crocker website and search for it. We go to YouTube because that's where we can find it. So right. is Audia essentially vying to do a similar thing where it's the conduit, the directory, the place where we can get all that information. So if you want to get the audio version of how to, I don't know, do intermittent fasting because you're trying to lose weight or something, like you could go to YouTube and you could watch a video of a guy talk about it, or you could go to Audia and just type in how to lose weight, intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting tips, and then find Audia's, which would be the same thumbnails and titles you would see on YouTube, click it, and then you can listen to the content. Now, the question may be, well, why can't you do that on Spotify and Apple? Why can't you just type in intermittent fasting tips, blah, 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 blah. And it's a good question. The problem is, is just those platforms and the way they've distributed audio content is based upon an RSS feed mechanism. And what people are uploading to RSS feeds are not these five to seven minute tidbits of content. They're uploading long hour, three hour long interview style pieces of content into these RSS feeds. Now, maybe Spotify's algorithms are good enough to detect which are the best moments to show you. But then the question becomes, how is it packaged? Because it's like TikTok, right? Like if I'm going to Paris tomorrow and I want to find the best places to eat in Paris, TikTok is functionally becoming a search engine and it beat YouTube in terms of site traffic in 2021. YouTube was number seven, TikTok was number one, where if I want to find you know, the best restaurants, I might just go to TikTok and type in hashtag best restaurants in France and I can scroll through TikToks versus scroll through YouTube videos. So both are search engines to find information on how to do something. One is more longer form, one is more short form. To me, if that existed in audio format and there was an actual true search engine where people are uploading targeted direct clips or ideas of things they want to get out into the world and not through an RSS feed, then the platform itself would have the data that's necessary to recommend that content in a meaningful way. So you could actually get audio advice on intermittent fasting directly if you were able to search it in one place. One of the questions that was put forward last week, and I want to make sure I'm saying this the right way. I think you've explained it, but why wouldn't you use the RSS feed 
to even springboard to idea because as a podcaster, and I know you know this, if I'm going on all these other platforms, I'm doing double the work. In order to be on the Audia platform, I already have stuff all set up in Buzzsprout. It all goes out to my 18 sites or whatever. Oh, and then this Audia, now I have to double the work and I have to resize my artwork. So why wouldn't you use the RSS feed? Because no one's listening to all those other 18 different platforms. There's only two that matter. It's very easy to just take the world's audio and put it through RSS. That's the easy part. Problem is no one gives a crap about the world's audio. No one. There's 4 million podcasts. People don't care about any of them. There's only like 50 that make the top charts, (laughs) you know, like in terms of real listenership. So the the question becomes why? And the number one question that we're trying to solve, and either we're going to do it and it's going to be big or we're not, and we're going to fail and we'll see what happens, is the curation of content. Like the value is not in the content. The value is in the curation of it. And to me, if you source RSS feeds, you aren't getting content that you can meaningfully curate because every other platform has the same RSS feeds. So number one, you don't have the data on the content that matters. Again, this is why I started with, you upload a video to YouTube. You don't upload a video to an RSS feed for video. And then every video platform in the world gets your video through that RSS feed. It's like, well, then YouTube wouldn't be a recommendation engine where you could find a lot of stuff and get recommended a lot of stuff because there would be no YouTube that has the proprietary data to do that. So it's a good thing that you upload to YouTube, right? Now, some people say, oh, you don't want to give that much power to a platform. Okay. But how else do you plan to get attention? You're going to pass flyers around? No, you got to go somewhere where billions of people are. And that happens to be YouTube. So you need the proprietary data. And number two, the type of content people are uploading is super important. Like I don't want Audia to be filled with these five hour, three hour, 45 minute pieces of content because no one's listening to that stuff. Like the first time you get discovered, you're not going to get someone to give you 45 minutes of your attention. So the reason TikTok works is because it's so short form that you can actually get people to follow someone new. The reason Twitter works is it's 140 characters. YouTube, it's a five minute video. But RSS feeds are filled with these crazy long pieces of audio that's never going to get a new person. Maybe they'll get your fans, but not a new person to actually care about you. So if we could fill Audia up with these five to 15 minute clips that's hyper targeted against the right demographic based on our algorithms, that person will click. And if they like your content, they will subscribe and that'll create an actual network effect of discovery. Now, that's not to say you can't upload full podcast episodes because full disclosure, that's what I do. But you can also get the best of both worlds, if I may say, because you can upload the full episode. You can also upload clips of that episode or highlights or whatever, or even any other pieces that you're doing. We'll probably upload pieces of this conversation here. Or you can make sure you have the audio so you can do it. But that's the point. I mean, we can do that. Any questions from anyone else? I can keep going. I am. It. I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about the search terms that we should be yeah. entering in or the tags. Like, should that focus on the pain points or emotions or the features of our offer? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, the biggest mistake I think some creators are making on Audio right now, and a lot of people are doing it well, but it's our job to communicate this because it's not a podcasting platform, is when you upload something to an RSS feed, you're like episode 15, Carl Richards interview. Because you're not even thinking of how the content is going to show up in someone's feed. All you're thinking is, it's just episode 15 I did with Carl, and I'm going to tweet the link out and hopefully people will listen to it. That's the biggest sin I think that exists in the audio industry because no one cares about clicking on episode 15 with Carl Richards, no matter how much they love Carl, because millions of people in the world don't know Carl Richards, right? And they don't know why episode 15 matters more than episode 16 or episode 17. So it's like, it's not a title. It's just something you had to write in order to put the thing on the RSS feed. 
on Audia, the whole relationship is different because if you did this, you know, podcast with this public speaking expert who tells you how to get rid of your fear of public speaking so that one day you can change the world, that title, it's too long, but that title in a more sophisticated SEO friendly way matters because now let's call it public speaking expert teaches how to get rid of the fear of speaking. Maybe we can even make it shorter. Now, when someone types in fear on Audia, that's going to pop up. Why? Because the keyword fear is in that title. When they type in public speaking, that's going to pop up. If you type in the tags, how to get over public speaking fear, public speaking experts, public speaking consulting, public speakers near me, that stuff is going to get indexed in our database. When I mean indexed, I mean you tell us what it's about. We actually try to take your information that you told us what it's about and then meaningfully recommend it. None of the audio platforms are doing that because the way audio content is distributed is just podcast number 15 episode with Carl Richards. So it's a good question because the focus on Audia for anyone who's uploading should be, how can I title this in a way that gets someone to click on it? And you'd be surprised how difficult of a task that is because we're all, you know, weird human creatures. We're scrolling through a feed. We don't know what gets other people to click. It's why the media focuses so much on like politics because they know Joe Biden, Donald Trump, these are names people will click on because they're such big figures. So they use their names in the titles and they generate traffic from that. But for all of us that are just independent creators that are trying to build, you know, a decent livelihood and somewhat of an audience, we've got to be able to figure out how do we get people to actually click on our content when it comes across in their feed, which means the title has to be friendly. The title has to be interesting. The title has to be intriguing so that it shows up in search and so that people actually click on it. Yeah, one of the things that a number of us here who are podcasters, but also people who aren't even on this call that have started doing and have started to have success over it is not just typing in, you know, season four, episode 13, such and such. It's more in depth because without the SEO, then it doesn't get any traction at all. So even with a headline, you know, putting it through a headline analyzer, which I know Diana does, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it matters. And like, the other thing is, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, let me transcript my show so Google can find it. I'm like, look, there's millions and millions of things on Google and they have to sell ads, by the way, and the top search results. So the idea that you're doing a weight loss podcast, you type in weight loss and your podcast that relatively doesn't have that much of an audience because you've transcribed it now is going to show up on Google. It's laughable. Like it's likely not going to happen. So to me, like there has to be a platform where people are going to look for audio and more importantly, the audio is being recommended in the feed. And that's where the title matters. That's where the descriptions matters. It's similar to Clubhouse. I know you guys probably know about Clubhouse, the live audio app. You know, I don't use it that much anymore because I can't find meaningful audio content when I'm on it. But I try to scroll through it every day and I look at the title. That's the first thing that gets my attention. Like the title is the gateway for me to even figure out if I'm going to click on this room and consume this content. And it's in this feed that they've created of live audio. And they're trying to get you to find a title you care about within five seconds, click it, and then just listen. And I think if we could do that for audio content writ large, then that could actually lead to more discovery. I know you can't lay your entire hand on the table (laughs) because you should have some secrets. But firstly, updates, exciting updates on top of that one. How's the platform doing? I think when I interviewed you, you were at 12,000 regular content creators on the platform. What's the overall update and what's the feel for the platform now? And where is it gazing into our crystal ball? Where can we see it, say, in the next few months? So when I talked to you around October, here are the stats because I remember this. We were at around... I think 800, 900 users. So we've doubled that. We're about 17, 1800 okay. users now. We were at 6,000 ideas posted on the platform. Now we're about okay. 9,500. It's about 9,500 okay. ideas in total. And I believe we were at 7,000 searches and now we're at 12,400 searches. So 
modest growth, not amazing growth, not like exponential growth, which I understand because there's not a ton of traffic on the platform right now. We're trying to raise money to be able to figure that out. But I think what we've been able to do over the past eight months is get people like yourself to at least try it out, upload it, give us that initial feedback. And I think as a startup, it's like the first year, you're just trying to see, does anyone even care about this? Like, are you building something, talking to a wall? Or can you get some people around the world saying, hey, I could see the use of this and interact with it and I'll kind of work with it in the future. And then if you have a little bit of that, then you can go to investors and be like, hey, you know, Carl likes it. Maybe you should invest in it because Carl likes it and try to raise some money from there. So I think there's been modest growth. It definitely is not at the level that we want it to be, but we can't really blame ourselves because we just don't have the money to be able to facilitate that right now. I think after we raise money, we're going to have, you know, a lot more marketing to be able to build up the platform. So we will see in the next couple of months how it goes. Amit, thank you so much for joining us. Again, let's give a round of applause to our guest and Amit, very insightful. I actually thought your numbers were higher. I've been saying they were higher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's going to get okay. there. We'll get there. Uh, it's, oh, absolutely. It took me a while to bite the apple, but I see what you're trying to do. I feel it. And if YouTube is any example, and having worked in an audio platform, having worked in radio for years, you're right. There's no database. There's no storage for a lot of that stuff. Whereas YouTube, I mean, heck, if you're ambitious enough and you want to go back and search on YouTube, you know, 1930, maybe not 30s, but 1950s television commercials, they pop up, right? So there's currently no conduit other than Audia for that type of information, unless you're going to specific websites like otrradio.com or something like that. So, but Emma, thank you so much for sharing. And as I said, stick around if you want to find out more, keep the discussion going. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at CarlRichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. 